Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms. And also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Avery. Avery is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. For me to welcome you, Paul and Tatiana, to Urbanistica podcast. Hey, and welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> How are you doing, Nicole? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, early in the morning, but we're feeling great. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to walk, but then we decided to go by public transport. Yeah. And we almost missed the bus, but we were here and we're here now, so that's all that matters. <laughs> How are you, Tatiana? I'm good. Good. I'm. Um, I'm used to waking up early now, so um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> but where where do you live? That if one wanted to walk, do you live close by? So we live on the other side of the the park, um, in a place called Lapis. Um, it was like an hour walk, but we were thinking an hour. Yeah, yeah. but it's all around Haga Parkin, so it's super beautiful walk. And we were like, True. oh, it's good to get your like uh, body yeah. moving before and uh, kind of go over our thoughts and just get some fresh air. We were even going to take a bike, but then we had a, an what? object to bring, which wouldn't have. Fit. Yeah, like you look very weird. <laughs> Walk, walking, walking at Avery, everyone is looking at you. Yeah, we brought a rake. Uh, we're, we need this rake for another project later on in the day. So, uh, but it's a very large rake, and like everyone it's two yeah. meters long. Yeah, and and everyone can see it, like yeah. even from like oh, Stockholm yeah. Central. <laughs> We're the rake people. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to have you here. And uh, let's start with you. Yeah. Uh, we start with you, Tatiana. Mm -hmm. uh, how would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, uh, so I'm Tatiana Badner. I am uh, from the U.S. I uh, come from, I like to call it the suburbs of America, the very suburbs, right between Baltimore and D.C. So... Um, I came here to do my uh, master's in sustainable urban planning and design here at KTH, the same as Mustafa. And um, yeah, uh, I would describe myself as a very fun, um, social, creative, and um, collaborative person. So um, that's how I guess I would describe nice. myself. Nice. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to Stockholm. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> and what are you passionate about, Tatiana? Mm. We, we had a lot of fun with this question because really? we were like, what are we passionate about? I would say I'm very passionate about, I love to read um, and I love to read a lot of things about like urban theory and things like this. And I guess more like philosophical things. Uh, I'm also really passionate about like getting people to meet um, and kind of creating these very fun and weird events that uh, <laughs> mostly for my friends, but also for other people too that, um, yeah. And I'm very passionate about music and art um, and creating art, but also like going to a lot of exhibits and things like this, Yeah. Um, kind of all around Stockholm. But even back home when I was in like Baltimore and D.C., I'm um, going to a lot of festivals and things of this manner. So nice. Yeah. What, what did you study before you come to? 
Stockholm. Yeah, I studied um, at uh, University of Maryland near DC. I studied uh, operations management and political science. Okay. Uh, so I did like a two. In the US, it's very common to do two kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. That combination of two. Exactly. Top, yeah, themes or topics. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but how is it? Is it, was it a lot of urban planning there or not? No, not really urban planning. So I, I worked a lot in DC. So I was working mostly in like uh, the regulators of like the housing market in after 2008, essentially. Oh, yeah. So then I got a lot into housing policy and like affordable housing policy, especially. So I was always working in yeah, affordable housing. Then I worked at a place called like the Urban Institute and Urban Land Institute. Okay. Uh, they kind of think tanks. So then I just was always working yeah. in kind of very urban, mostly housing related things. And then I just decided, um, yeah, I decided when I was actually uh, on a, a farm in Hawaii when I, where I was working for a month that, oh, I should apply to this uh, to Stockholm. <laughs> and then I did. And uh, and it nice. yeah, became a reality. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Stockholm one more Thank time. You. And Ooh. we're going to talk more about what you do and what you work with. Yeah. Let's talk with Nicole and hear more about your story. How would you like to introduce yourself, Nicole? Well, I'm uh, Nicole, Nicole Arthur, and I am half American, half Spanish. So I was born in the States. Uh, my dad is American and we lived there for like four, four years. And then we moved to Spain uh, because my mom's from there. And I grew up, I would say I consider myself maybe more from Spain because I've lived there more and I've been more in that um, culture. But always the U.S. has been in, in me, you know, like present. Um, yeah. And I uh, was studying um, in Spain materials science, engineering. Where in Spain? Madrid, yeah. I okay. come from, from Madrid, but not the center. So actually, some people think that it's not even really Madrid because it's kind of also in the, in the suburbs of it. Yeah. And it's a small town and there's just yeah, a lot of people. You meet a lot of people. You kind of know each other, you know? So then um, I then decided to come to the Nordics uh, back in my bachelor's. Uh, to visit uh, Norway because I really wanted to, you know, see the nature and everything. And uh, then I decided um, that I wanted to move away from this really kind of theoretical field and yeah. go into something practical. And that's when I came to, decided to do product design in Stockholm. And uh, I think that what I'm really passionate about is like um, also in the same way, kind of being with people, I think I'm a really social person, and I think that it has to do also with where I've grown up. Yeah. And um, just it can be in a really kind of um, relaxed way or more active. I also really like being outdoors and, you know, doing exercise, and um, I think share that in common too. Yeah. And uh, other than that, I think I'm into really like uh, drawing, and I, I mean, I really like graphic design. Like, yeah. I love looking at like posters and kind of seeing like, is this working? Is it not working? And I think that is something that uh, I really brought later into my. What, what do you think about Urbanistica logo? Be honest. <laughs> be, be honest with me. Let's see. It oh, has shit. yellow. <laughs> <laughs> it's yellow. It's yellow. It's yellow. And yellow think, brings a lot of brightness. Yeah. It's, yeah. It looks professional. I see okay, it and thank I think you so much. <laughs> it looks professional. Did you now. make it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, nice, nice. No, no, seriously. Like uh, of, of 10. Of ten, be be honest. Like okay. I will not cut this off. <laughs> but I think your logo is also it's it's your face too, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then, it, yeah. Uh, you look ugly. <laughs> no, I think no, I think it? it's it's better than just having words. I think okay. it's your face, cool. so you can associate it with you. So cool. I think I'll give it a 
mm. minus 10. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say uh 10. Let's say 10. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. So, tell me what what do you do, what do you work with now in Ecole? Mm -hmm. So, I'm continuing to work with uh the university during uh my Which university. At uh, KTH. Yeah. Uh we both studied at now at KTH. Um so I continue working there and I'm kind of like a project leader. Um we're working to kind of digitalize the teaching experience the teaching and learning experience or like not digitalize it but kind of make it better more engaging and uh, so that's my kind of main job right now uh then luke of course is on yeah i was very present and then on the side i also teach uh, with i work with kids i teach them but i don't teach them in formal teaching way i kind of like more play with them yeah um, and learn that way and tatiana what are you working with in yeah. Stockholm? So uh, now I just uh, got a full-time job uh, back in March. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Uh, so I have a full-time job. I work with Gladstad. Uh, it's a company. Actually, Frederick was on this podcast earlier. And, yes, uh, shout out to Frederick. I love him. Shout out to Frederick. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, the project, uh, I'm a project manager there. I'm mostly working with Hornstuhl's Marknad, which is a really big market uh, here in Stockholm, um, in Södermalm, which is like more of the very central part. And um, so it's a food market and also like a vintage and lapis market. So I'm there every weekend. So if you want to come by, yeah, the sun is out now. So please. So yeah, I do that every week. Um, and then I'm also working on a lot of different projects. One in Chista, one in near T-Centralen, and um, a lot of other things with Godstad, doing the social media and things like that. So nice. Nice. So cool. many things. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and tell me, let's talk about the... the, the the name for me is like <laughs> so like before we talk about this how like what is the background how did you to because you study urban planning you study mm. science so yeah it's the story so we met on a fluke and what a fluke is is um a surprising chance occurrence especially a surprising piece of luck so we met actually in our student community which is uh lapis we're quite close to here lapis is, is the area yeah lapis is is the formal name it's on it on mountain, there's around 2,000 students that live there. Um, it's right, like, like within Norju Garden, which is a really big uh, urban park. So it's a very kind of, um, yeah, isolated place. It's a lot of only students. So um, Nicole and I met, um, yeah, through a common friend in this common place. Hmm. Um, so we met. Uh, this is kind of a funny story. Uh, right when COVID, you know, the COVID outbreak, March 2020. Uh, I was in the common kitchen visiting a friend and Tatiana was there. She had just returned from a Lapland trip. We were all really scared. I was actually going back to Spain. Okay. And that was the first kind of encounter. Yeah. Um, and then actually the more like formal encounter, let's say we're not formal, like we're ju we just met and started talking was in, uh, in another common space in the neighborhood that was like, it's, it was, we will say later why, but it was <laughs> the most um, green and a sunny and just really nice hangout spot. Yeah. And, and it, it was a barbecue spot too, and very sunny at like 9 p.m. Like Sweden. in Lapis or where? Yeah, in, in Lapis. Lapis yeah. It's within, the Lapis is very kind of brutalist buildings, but yeah. it's within like this courtyard essentially. And how it's positioned, it gets a lot of sun, and it's just a really nice, or was a really nice place. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you met? Yeah, we met there at a friend's birthday party essentially, and then we started talking. We went to Gothenburg together on a trip with a few others. Um, and then we just became really good friends from that. And um, then it kind of just, yeah. Yeah, um, there was also this, you know, we all know this like kind of lockdown-y situation. So we had to spend a lot of time in this neighborhood. And, you yeah. know, 
look for alternative things to do and ways to have fun. Yeah, not only partying. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. So 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 how did you come up with the idea like more in the official way? Okay, this is what we want to do. Uh-huh. Um well, I think it has to do with what we were studying and that the thesis uh, time was approaching and for me I wanted to to do something that wasn't about a thesis that wasn't about like bringing more products into the world and kind of you know filling them with just more stuff I wanted to do something that was more social that had to do with people and um, so I was looking for a thesis uh, and then it was really hard (laughs) like a research question that you were um, work with no it wasn't really it was more i was trying to find a project that was kind of kind of inspiring for me uh, already an existing project uh, yeah at okay. first yeah but then it started to come up that it's actually a teacher of mine said if you want to do something for your thesis, you have to go out with a bang and do something outside of the box and that really uh, stuck with me mm. and i think that that's uh it, it worked also with tatiana with how yeah. i don't know you what, what do you want it to do Yeah, so for something for me, um, I really wanted to do something within arts and culture and urban planning, and I really wanted to do something participatory and very action-based. I wanted to actually make things yeah. and, and kind of have this design process, but at least in how urban planning at least, yeah, is usually like done, it's very like far-reaching a lot of times, um, maybe 20-year plans or things like this, or you're interviewing a lot of people about their thoughts, about, say, a... Um, anything you know yeah um so i really wanted to do something that was very like creative um is very experimental as well okay. and i wanted to do something very collaborative as well i wanted to and i heard from a lot of other friends as well they were starting to do the thesis mm-hmm. they were doing it in pairs especially now with covid it was becoming uh, maybe it's a good time to do this actually with someone else because yeah. i have no clue what i'm <laughs> doing <laughs> but also like what you wanted to do each uh, you You were doing urban Region. design or urban and regional. Okay, it's not very common that people are experimental. No, pieces. that's why I was a bit like always. I remember in a lot of the courses and a lot of the consult, like not the consulting, but when you would work with the municipality, I was always like, let's do I, something. Let's do something like kind of <laughs> yeah, crazy, you know, and just see what happens. And it was always a bit like, oh no, let's just write this document yeah, yeah, and because, research, you know. And I like to research and do that as well, but uh, it's like this is my final time, and if I want to ever go into a it's field, like more your yeah. path, the future. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And I wanted to make like do that in the future, and it's like, well, I haven't done this yet. Yeah, I need to do this now. Yeah. And then, and Nicole, yeah. yeah, I think that that's where it was nice that you know, in my field, it's a lot of hands-on prototyping testing working with people being really with people at that level yeah, you know, because you deal with the product you deal with the city exactly yeah. and the city is kind of a product of like many very... many many <laughs> years and so many people yeah. but it's really interesting too to see like how the city yeah is like co-created and like there's so many things that you just kind of take for granted as well but um there are a lot of small little changes and even when you're with, walking within the urban environment you can see How people's kind of imprints, yeah, very like on this very micro scale, have been imprinted. I, th- I think I think the city is like it's a big product of small mm, products, interactions, you know? yeah. and small people meeting and deciding. Small oh, let's make a meeting. small people meeting <laughs> or large people. Anyone can meet. Yeah, yeah. But people coming together saying, "Oh, let's start a business." Then exactly, you know, something or, happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how did you combine? Like, okay, you had you wanted to do something more like with people. You also wanted to do something more experiment. experimental with people and then 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 i think 
one thing that kind of binded us together was play and doing something fun. And uh, we were both reaching this point where we had to decide what to do. And it was kind of like, well, why don't we just do our own thing? We know what we like. We know we, ha- we have yeah. words like participatory, fun, collaborative, urban space. And then we just decided to kind of put it all together and come up with this, with this idea of, yeah, let's make this sort of like um, yeah. urban space transformation that's really co-created. And I think now it's important to talk about art movement. Yeah. That was kind of like, they've been our mentors uh, yeah. since. They're, yeah, they're a nonprofit here in Stockholm. Yeah, actually, I have their uh, news, uh, what do you call it, book, or they just published yeah. something. Yeah, I have it there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I, I went to uh, Farfabriken at the Contemporary Art Museum. I went to this really cool, this was back in September, like right before the thesis in September. I went to this really cool workshop that was co-creating the urban living room using trash, using only um, like the trash <laughs> of Farfabriken. And there I was very inspired and i was like this is the kind of stuff that i would really like to do and um yeah then i came home and told nicole about it and i talked to art movement sophia and karen and said we really want to do these like we want to do something Something with you 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 know because they were doing projects in the city they had done multiple projects at different like organizations and they knew swedish too which was a help especially if you want to do something in public which is i guess fluke really focuses on public space Mm -hmm. which we yeah don't know too much about yeah. So you can, you you agreed that you're going to do something together even if you're studying through different programs. Yeah. yeah. I think that uh in my field they were also kind of encouraging this. Yeah. And, uh, in my field not as much. Yeah, <laughs> they because, said like Tatiana, no one... I know. I know they're not allowing us to do something even with the company or something. Yeah, you know, like yeah, they were like do uh, alone. Uh, mm, yeah, they were pretty much like, well, I think now with COVID as well, it got a bit like it's yeah. good to be in groups. Yeah. The thing is we had to write separate theses. So Nicole wrote one for product design and I wrote of one course. for urban planning. But, the, but yeah, but the we had the same common project. Yeah. Um but uh, process. Yeah, it was just yeah. the fluke the fluke process. And I think too, like your uh yeah, your program is just much more into more experimental things and, yeah. and also my supervisor was really yeah. like <laughs> she is working with um public space and, and how cars are ah. in public space. So she was kind of already in this urban Mm. kind of feel and she was so so supportive just like yeah just go out just do 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 Mm. yeah because other supervisors are a lot more like theoretical like read 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 and she was about doing and that was was, uh she was about reading but i i'm i love reading too and i loved getting the more theoretical side as well but um i think it was really good to have both you know yeah kind of met in the middle yeah exactly cool and then you formulated like a research question right or um I don't think it started with a research question. And I think that that's actually something that is a bit controversial sometimes because research is done like this. You have your question, you start. But yeah. we were doing more of a practice-based approach that it was more like kind of know that we want to do something uh, with people and co-create public space, but how can we do it? And then it was more of like doing, exploring, following more this maybe designy process mm. and then kind of going towards the end and, and kind of analyzing, okay, what, you know how, how what are the outcomes uh, but that that was more like i think um, it's like a very uncommon right because yeah, usually I, like you need like a research question then okay let's see how can we solve and or answer this question but you started like backwards you do yeah. things and then you see and we see and then it's like a it's a reiterative <laughs> process yeah, so yeah, you always are yeah. like and but i think what we came into in the beginning maybe it wasn't research questions but these kind of overarching themes it yeah. was kind of participatory play and using play was very 
using play and not only in like this gamified sense, but very, yeah, playful. Like playful. it's more the you know the the aesthetics, quality, yeah, aesthetics. quality. Not like a uh, what do you call it? board game, board game. Well, like, yeah, that was an idea, you know, but it was more like then we realized like actually it's not only about doing these really board gamey things. Yeah. Like playfulness can be found in like the aesthetics, the interactions. Yeah, there's those things. In in my thesis, I talk. There's like there's this um, uh, theory that's like there's four types of play, and um, yeah, there's all, there's chance. There is ser- like um, what are the other ones? Um, vertigo. Vertigo. Also. Vertigo is when you just like go down a slide. Like, why is that playful? It's because it changes your you know. Yeah. So there's chance. There's oh, I'm forgetting now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it doesn't matter. At the end, it was like. Uh, we were inspired by, by you know, Bay and yeah. also an author called Hausinger. I think yeah, that's his Housinga, name. Dutch and author. he talks a lot about, like, how everyone has this playful nature within mm. them. Mm. So we wanted to, you know, yeah. bring that out and do more fluke, weird stuff in yeah. the space. Exactly. In, in, with different ways of doing it. Like, you know, what? well, yeah, we can. Yeah. yeah. So, so Tatiana, explain to me what is fluke Stockholm and what is the aim of it? So, uh, Fluke Stockholm is um, a collaboration between and collective between many different people, where we try to co-create and co-produce more playful public spaces, um, and and do this through play, do this through um, social like aspects, and do this through many other kind of like also using um, kind of cheap, easy to access materials. We like giving this kind of familiar feeling to it and bringing people together is essentially, I think, yeah. what we like doing. But what's the aim? Like, why do you want to bring people together? I mm. think because uh, we want to, like, co-produce, like, a city together and get people to do that through a very fun and engaging way. I think a lot of how urban planning is done now, a lot of it's just kind of done in these rooms where you're writing on these boards and it's really hard to get people outside that, like, non the usual suspects. So we really wanted to reach out to all types of people and really understand that everyone is kind of creative and everyone can co-produce the city and has this right to co-produce the city as well. And I think uh, that's a really important thing. The aim is to get more people to realize what is their right to the city. They have the right to not only consume the city, but also to co-produce it and giving them the right tools to enable them that you are creative. You can come up with ideas. You just need the right way to express yourself yeah. and enable yourself. Mm. And the site was in, in Lapis. Mm. Where, where are you experimenting? This? Yeah. Yeah. So at first we were going to work in um, Jarnsveig's Parken, which was an uh, area next to Centralen. It's like kind of abandoned or it's supposed to be a park, but actually it's just like a cement space that mm. is not used. And we, with art movements, we wanted to do this, but we realized it was really hard to you know, get access to the space because of the permits and also difficult to engage people because there wasn't really a community. Mm-hmm. Like people pass by, you know, but yeah. they don't really stop. So that's when um, we realized, like, why, why don't we just do it outside our door in Lapis that we have access to it. We have so many, like, common spaces, like workshops and um, just other facilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have a connection to the space. Yeah. Mm. And we care about the space as well. So it's kind of, like, really easy to do this more bottom-up approach. Um, especially to, well, this was kind of happening as well in the same place where we met in this public space. Um, they kind of, or they is SSSB, which is the owners of, um, live, the, a lot of housing. They own around 10,000, um, units all around, not only Stockholm, but in different places, but it's student housing. Um, 
they were developing this new like um, paddle court within the space. And it, a lot of people were always just kind of a bit confused, like, why is this here? Why was this the thing that was chosen? And um, yeah, and when we started to do our process too, um, many people were saying very different things. So, yeah, there were a lot of like conflicting opinions. Mm, and this was, space yeah. uh, is the one where we met. So yeah. we had kind of also a connection to it. Um, and yeah, that was kind of, in a sense, a trigger. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so basically, what you want to do is like to—is it like to redesign the public space with people, or yeah, or or it's also to explore what is possible within public space and what are the different options that we have. I think and um, also to yeah. use public space like that people can actually use the space activate it. and activate imprint it. their own ideas and things like this in a more participatory manner. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I think the public space, especially in Sweden, there's so much public space, but not much of it is used. And there's public space and like these common spaces too, like the workshop and many different spaces that are kind of becoming abandoned now in mm. Sweden. Um, people are starting to, yeah, I guess, get a bit more within the private life. And it's it's really good to also be in public and meet new people because yeah. that's where I guess the most um, the most serendipitous or fluke encounters can <laughs> happen. You know, you can meet very random, but maybe it's for kismet it's fate <laughs> <laughs> so nicole tell us uh, more about like the how what di- what did you do like the activities yeah so um with this thesis um kind of did in a sense want to see it like like in this uh place making process um but we broke down the activities and we 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 tried to kind of um explore how we can make them more fun So um, this led us to really using materials that we could find because, well, we actually collaborated with a tenant association and we got a small budget of 3,000 crowns. And we, well, it was actually in the end really great to form this collaboration um, mm. because yeah, it allowed us to get this funding and also get support. So, so yeah, we were exploring how to make it more fun. And like um, an example is um, we were doing um, collaborative mapping of the neighborhood. And we wanted to do it with people, uh, but we didn't want to stay on a table, um, you know, asking people to just point their, you know, their dot where they felt unsafe or whatever. So we developed a game and we did, uh, you know, the, the East, typical Easter egg hunt. Mm. So we transformed that into like a uh, really XXL version within the neighborhood and people had to find an egg, bring it back and then place kind of their pin where they had yeah. certain feelings so, or yeah each of the egg had so an egg would say you found flukes scary egg this is like where we thought was a scary place come to our table and then you'll get a scary pen so then people there was i think people were running around in the beginning like where are the eggs and it was like and i think in the end we had around 100 people involved Whoa. within the yeah. process and it was kind of just a fun day as well and people were really interested especially to oh we we're just here like in lapis and um Yeah, we want to get more involved. We made a little parklet in a parking spot. Yeah. And people could sit down. They could write kind of just things that they, um, and a lot of people got really interested as well. And we also, yeah, we had some candy and focaccia from my, I used to work at a bakery and I asked my boss, hey, can we like (laughs) have some of the focaccia that's a day old? And it's super good. It's. Yeah, it still works. It works. But but, but tell me, so they find the egg and what, how, how would you map? So. It was actually that was the hardest part to act, to connect like the, the kind of the people with the places and their stories because we were also asking them to say stories about this place this place so basically we would give them a pin with a number yeah. 
And then they would put this pin where they, where they, the egg would tell them a feeling or a place like scary, hidden that I like. They would put their pin with a number and they would come back. They would write down in a map. It's good to say too, the pin was made with a barbecue skewer and a piece of cardboard that we painted. So it was supposed to look like when you pin a map on Google Maps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's in, then you can stick it in the okay, earth. Okay, So we were, ha- the, day, uh, the day after, um, it was going to rain, so we had to go find all of the Collect pins. Them, yeah. So we were walking around for two hours, like, well, there there's, says there's supposed to be one around this map. Where is Where it? Is oh, it? There's, there's number 37. Okay. Yeah. So this is a place that someone feels scared in. Okay, okay. Why is this? I don't know. So it was. So they, they, they write the feeling and they comment why. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then we, we made that into a digital map yeah. that we shared. And people were also able to continue adding spots. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Did, did it happen that the same place people feel different? Yes. Yeah. There okay. were controversial spaces. For yeah. sure, like the outdoor gym, which is next to the paddle court, a new creation. That one had people that liked it and people that didn't like it. Of course, the people that liked it were probably the ones that used it. The ones that disliked it were just like maybe living in front of, you know, we had different stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so what, uh, what is the next step? Now you collected the stories and the mapping. You did the mapping. Um, the next step was the, the vision walk. So we did a play walk, which we called a fluke walk, where we wanted to kind of co-create this wow lapis. What is this kind of ideal version of lapis? And kind of create this vision of what we were going to do further on. So we created this playful walk that we actually used all of the places, the most controversial and things like that, and we created a walking workshop. That was all centered around games and things like this. There's a, um, her name's Lily Higgins. She makes these play walks in Rotterdam. She's, um, we got a lot of inspiration for her. Nicole talked to her as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah. t- t- Tell us, like, what is it? Like, so a play walk is, uh, we try and use urban space in different ways. I mean, there's so many things on the ground, grid patterns that you can use as a game. There, we would uh, use the maps that were in like the central part mm. of Lapis in the square, and we would use uh, little not sharpies, but the dry board marker, make little games. Um, yeah, it's essentially just playing with urban space and yeah. using it in ways that it's not meant to be used, or people haven't designed it use. For example, a bench, supposed to sit on it, maybe lay down on it, but we were kind of like jumping on it or using it as you know, like I don't know, in, in place. It, yeah. To just in, get inspired by it. Yeah. And, yeah. and what, is, what do you want? What is the output or what's the aim of doing this playful walk? So then it yeah. was both like a reflection and also a way to gather information. Like we also wanted people that were participating in this workshop to feel kind of like agents of what they're gathering. Mm-hmm. And we actually call them the lapis listeners. Yeah. So they were kind of listening. Listeners. And they, yeah. had, they had to wear like outfits. We went to, yeah. in, in Lapis too, we have Cosnix, <laughs> which is this uh, totally free store. It's pretty much a store that if you w- don't want to throw stuff away, you can like, yeah. recycle it. And it's a totally free store. So we made them get into this role and like dress up essentially. And they had to, we all were dressed <laughs> up in very weird outfits yeah. walking around it Lapis. It was just so funny. <laughs> yeah. It was like a gang. Or, yeah. or well. <laughs> but how, how do you, how do you, um, how do you reach out to people? You have like uh, Facebook or? Yeah. Um, Instagram, Facebook. We were doing a lot of posters too, always on like in like a physical on, in the, physical, on, the, on the wall, especially on like the trash rooms, places that people, the bus stops, anywhere that people were always gathering and yeah. waiting and sit stopping. We would put stuff, and uh, we were also the first step even before we would stand out in the square of Lapis, like this was before the Easter egg hunt, and we would just do with post-it notes on cardboard 
with people. Ah, okay. Yeah. And so we made kind of a place. So we would have like couch, statue, which is our like you know statue cat, and uh, yeah, we would just you know. Kind Seems of like you destroyed Lapis with your. No, we, <laughs> we always, took over. We took over, and we always would like go in, and then all of it would be out like in two hours. You know. Okay, so you don't leave it. Just no, we don't leave it. No, okay. it's like no. one of it was my couch, so it was just like, oh, let's move my couch down uh, to the center. Okay. <laughs> and then and then, and after this, like after this vision, came more the steps of like designing and that was was because we talked once with uh placemaking europe and they were talking about you know that they were interested in our tools because when it comes to the first steps you know talking with people getting input it's it's easier than when it comes to actually designing yeah, and make it make them happen exactly. like the stories to more uh, designing element or and yeah. also not designing it us like letting people design it and yeah. that's where uh i mean in my role as a designer i got shook because it was kind of like wow everyone is creative everyone can do stuff yeah and said you just need the tools so we worked a lot to to make kind of these more um graspable tools like mm. yeah um, so 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 mapping and then the vision and then we had the place prototyping game. So we made a roulette wheel with a fidget spinner and a lot of car- a pizza box. Yeah. So that was a roulette <laughs> wheel. And then the same things. There was eight spots that you could go to transform. So that was the eight different things on the roulette wheel. And then we stood in the middle of Lapis, and we also made Nicole made these uh, the fluke boards. Yeah, the fluke boards. <laughs> they were like plexiglass boards, and then people would. It's kind of like a augmented reality sort of thing. People would draw. Yeah. whatever they wanted on space and then would take a picture of it uh-huh, so it was like this this object this thing they created was in space and they had to use the vision that the other people made yeah so everyone was always building on what everyone else had already like nice. produced yeah so like in that one the vision like the we got around 30 or 40 different prototypes Whoa. and um yeah. of some people so they would spin i got space one they would go to space one mm, i want pac-man here they would draw Pac-Man and then they would come back to us. And we also, another person that we worked with, there's this uh, placemaking tool called the Play-Doh placemaking tool. It's a participatory budgeting tool that I don't know if you know Blivande. Nope. This um, Blivande, it's um, a cultural house in Stockholm in the, um, um, in the port. So they use, how they organize themselves is very decentralized. So they built this, this tool that's a Vanova funded tool as well. And they were doing research. So we were one of the first beta testers of this tool. So everyone would upload on this platform. This is my idea. This is how much it would cost. And then it's a participatory budget. Um, And they would do it. Like, I think it's really important to say, like, we took a step back. Mm. Like, we were acting more as, like, facilitators. But they were, like, uploading their ideas, assigning budgets. Of course, we had to then go over these things, you know. Yeah, to just make sure that everything is fine. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and then and then from thirty five ideas, uh, the most voted. What, what what were the idea? Tell us like more. You told me like Pac Man. You mean like a drawing or? <clears throat> Someone wanted to put Pac Man on the side of a building. Okay. Like pretty much use how lapis like how one of the buildings looked. They were like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if Pac Man was ah. on the building? And then someone on the platform comments, well, wouldn't that be annoying for the people living there? Maybe we should scale it down. So it was like even using the. It's a platform. conversation. Yeah, it's a conversation yeah, yeah. of, um, yeah. So then, yeah. Some other ideas were like, some were were doable. Like, oh, we want like a chess set, you know, on the ground. Okay. But others were crazy. Like, like this, this person wanted like, uh, okay, that one is the one that I was thinking. <laughs> he wanted to have like this kind of station to skydive off a seven-story building. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was excited about that. And there were also other ideas like creating this like uh, coffee house. Yeah, the the DJ sunny Sunday DJ sets. Um. 
there was a lot of ideas. And we also, in the next step too, we, the next step was the barbecue and co-design. We would just invite everyone to a barbecue and we would pretty much um, say, well, these are all the ideas. Which ones kind of match together? Okay. But and, be, 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 Tatiana, sorry for interruption yeah, before, yeah. before you continue. So you had the platform with the different ideas. Exactly. And how much each idea cost? Yeah, approximately, yeah. The, but the person that put the cost, right? Yeah. And people could interact and comments exactly. and so on. And then you, you collected these ideas and then, then, to the barbecue. Exactly. Then the ones that got voting, like got like some type of vote, like voting, um, we took them to the barbecue. Maybe there was 18 now. Yeah. And we said, okay. okay, who is going to take these on as their own initiative uh, and which ones are going to link together? Because we only have 3,000 crowns and also two. 3,000 crowns, like 300 euros. Euro? 300 euros. Yeah. We had 300 euros. And it was kind of like, should we do all of them? And make them very DIY. Should we do one and focus, focus all of our money? And yeah, and at the end, um, just the people that came, they were many times also like the idea generators. So they were really interested in taking on their idea. Mm. And they, so they assigned themselves kind of like as project leaders. And mm. then they got people to also help them out. Yeah. So then the next, the next step, once we decide from 18, we went down to 11 because some of them, or they merged or, you know, they just yeah. kind of fell. It's yeah. fine. Uh, that too. Uh, then came the like building days. So then people started, uh, we would set out a bunch of tools outside and they would meet uh, and we would, you know, we kind of bought the materials for them to work with them. And, but we, we really let them do these projects yeah. Yeah. and we would be in the grass laying down and just, you know, <laughs> building and stuff as well and this is all going towards at this point in the stage we knew kind of what we were building for in the beginning part it was very fuzzy like what we were saying with this research project what are we going to actually create because we were co-designing together yeah and it became very clear that we were going to co-design this festival this like one day kind of placemaking festival where everyone's ideas were brought and okay. kind of like exploded in space yeah but, but tell me, tell me, like, because uh, parallel with what you do in Lapis, you had the, the um, thesis. Yeah. How, how or, was, like... Hmm. I mean, this was our thesis. Yeah. This, this project uh, was our thesis. thesis. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, how was, how, what did the university say? Like, you're doing crazy ideas and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> did you tell them about what you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we would have, like, um, in my case, it was, like, uh, weekly meetings with a supervisor, and she was, she was all in. She was actually really inspired by it. She was... Yeah. saying how this was inspiring her work okay. because uh, then she was like, wow, I need to bring more fun elements into my own practice. She's a yeah. PhD student, Liridana. And uh, they, so they were supporting, but I think yeah. that they, they were also kind of like, okay, well, because we, we did a huge process. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. things as well. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, at the midpoint, at least my supervisor, she was like, well, so you're ready to write your thesis, right? And I was like, mm, <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> I think too, what we were really like... Um, we didn't. We wanted to do the entire process in a very short amount of time because we didn't want to lead people on. And like, it's all about building trust for us as well. Um, that's why we even created the name Fluke because they needed like people need a name to kind of trust. So we really wanted to create the process. And if we said we were going to do something and we we're researching yeah. Lapis, like if we say, not, why would you ever trust someone again? You know, like or if yeah, that's yeah. asking the same thing. So it's kind of like we want to follow through. And once it got to, yeah, the Easter egg hunt, my, my advisor was like, as well, oh, so you're finished. And it's like, no, 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 we're, we're just halfway there. Wait, wait, tell me tell me about the time. When did you start, like, the actions, the, um, the mapping, let's say? March? It was from March to mid-June. Yeah. So, like, three 20, months and a half. 20? 
Or uh, when? Yeah, uh, no, 2021. Okay. 2021, yeah. March to June. So last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very quick, no? It was yeah. quick, yeah. <laughs> it was a very quick. The thing is, too, in Lapis as well, we were always talking how long should we kind of make this process. Yeah. We wanted the people, because Lapis has really high turnover rate, and people are only there sometimes for a semester. We were like, the people that were started in the beginning yeah. of the process Keep them. Yeah. have to see. Yeah. So all while this was happening, I was interviewing also people um, from co-design, from placemaking, and getting their in, like thoughts about their practice as well. And so we were always kind of using that too as yeah. um, kind of reflection points. So for example, someone said like the people that are in the beginning of the process, yeah, have to see it form together. So yeah. that was a really big part. We have to do Lapis Summer Dream Day, which was this big festival. We have to do that by June, mid-June because in July everyone will leave. Yeah, so the people that were in the beginning see something yeah. coming out. Exactly, yeah. and see that their efforts actually made a difference yeah. and that they're mapping. Um, and there was this, was this quote, right? Like there's something really special in that you hammer in a nail and then you, then you actually use what, you, what you've worked yeah, on. exactly. Mm. And but tell me like, Because th- your ideas, did you have the idea like the, the gaming, or the walking game, and co-creation, the platform, or you just like generated the one week before? It was generative, definitely. Yeah. Like uh, so we you, you didn't have any plan. Uh, no. How we you? had we had the placemaking. Like this is how placemaking um, is usually done. Because in February we were pretty much like always like reading about of different placemaking projects. Yeah. So we okay. saw to this is analyzing first. Then you come and do the vision. I oh, mean, you like the this. methodology, you know what exactly. is, what yeah. what you need sh- should do, but you don't know exact how. Like the exactly the we, way we used, I think, a lot of our intuition of like what mm. feels fun to us. What yeah. would we like to see? Yeah. And then kind of, I mean, we had uh, as an example the landlord that was showing that they they really didn't what they weren't out there. So we we knew that w- kind of what we were going to do. We were going to really you know yeah. make it better I'd say. <laughs> playful playful maybe. yeah playful yeah, and yeah. more out there engaging yeah and and then i think we both wrote about our thesis you know during the summer and and really found you know kind of understood what we have done you and know we, yeah, we did yeah. surveys as well like with people throughout the process mm-hmm. so we were able to kind of um create this qualitative and quantitative um like research of kind of this very mm. uh intuitive process that we designed but yeah for example sometimes Like for the Easter egg hunt, it was like, oh, Easter's here or Easter's going to be here in a week and a half. Maybe we should do an Easter egg hunt because that's a very easy uh-huh. thing that is already a game. It's, it's hard to kind of get people to play in public. But for an Easter egg hunt, that's already a game yeah. in public. You yeah, know? yeah, true. And it's easier to. Yeah, it's like you have already a flow. You just keep, keep going. Keep exactly. going. Yeah. And, and this thing, what Tatiana says, we've used kind of these occasions or mm. like these excuses in a way to do something because well our thesis kind of you know it ended after the summer and then we conti- we've continued doing projects mm. exactly, and yeah. uh, in some cases it's been kind of using oh it's winter let's do something winter themed or oh it's autumn yeah. let's do something more like fall yeah we can so you so you you take the opportunity the situation what's exactly. happening mm. the season the day the and celebration the, and the people we take we really take into account the people who's living here you know like yeah we knew that there were also some families Yeah. Living in Lapis, so, yeah. you know, we, they could also pass mm. by and interact. And it had to be visual, really, you know, fun. Yeah. yeah, but I think you really, especially in Sweden, you cannot fight the weather. That so you really have to embrace and use all of the cultural um, activities that exist around that. Yeah. Um, and use it to your advantage, you know. And, like, uh, 
Like, for example, in the winter, we made a gingerbread house with like mm-hmm. uh, we did workshops in Lapis for this uh, arc desk competition. Yeah. And making a gingerbread house is you wouldn't do that in August, you know? No way, no way. <laughs> it's like it makes no sense. Right? You know, like it's a special so thing. You have to use kind of yeah. the culture. And I think Lapis is really cool, too, because there's so many different cultures. So you could do things that are a bit like. American but, or maybe Spanish, but people would get involved because. Oh, there's a holiday yeah, for Spain. Yeah, it, it today, makes you know? sense. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so you did mapping vision and then uh, ideas from people mm-hmm. and then selecting the ideas and then the day of like the summer doing. dream. Yeah, exactly. What do you call it? Showcase. Oh, it was Lapis Summer Dream Day. Yeah. Summer Dream Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we talked a lot about what is the name of this. Yeah, place. what should we call it? And like, my friend Kate was like, "This sounds like a movie. Do Lapis Summer Dream Day," and it was summer like. <laughs> You're not like uh, thinking, oh, what people will think about you. Maybe you're awkward or no. you just like go for it, right? No. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And go, you need to stick with it. You know, yeah. like when we had this idea, I was like, yeah. okay, let's go through with it. It has to happen. And then we can learn. Things. No, I mean, you didn't say, oh, no, I don't want to bring like uh, pizza carton or, no. or I don't want to oh, no. bring out my sofa. No, you, you that was like, the point. You know, we really point. wanted to. <laughs> That to bring these weird kind of yeah exactly elements. like yeah. you were yeah. not afraid that people say okay no. these two girls are weird I will <laughs> not do anything with them no 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 like I think too like our our families as well like our uh, like we grew up in kind of households that are very like this and yeah. uh, we're both only children yeah. as well so, uh, so we crafted a lot we you know maybe we're going crazy in our minds when we were growing up <laughs> and, uh, so yeah we come from similar backgrounds where like um, I mean. Yeah, being weird is no problem, you know. But in Sweden, it's a bit like, especially in public space. It's yeah, a you bit need of like a... to be very formal and behave and not but really be yeah. personal. And but, you but know. we did see how when adding these things, we actually didn't get rejection. We actually saw like people were really interested, like, oh, what's this? This yeah. looks really interesting. And, and people were stopping, mm-hmm. interacting, playing. And especially after COVID as well, I think people were like, they always would say too, it's really nice something is happening. Yeah, it's some like something is happening again and you can kind of see the ball rolling. And I think, too, now I've noticed a lot in Stockholm. I mean, even working with Hornsdale Market, people are meeting again. And yeah, I think it's really like people have really kind of taken for granted that they couldn't meet for a while. And I think it's actually becoming a more social public and yeah, common space. Yeah. I think this is what also we missed in Sweden. like. Mm. Uh, being uh, social or ourselves when we are out in the public. Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, being from well, American, Spanish, and American, people expect you. It's about a lot of the expectation, too. Like, oh, she's American. Of course they're going to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, um, you kind of, it, it helps, too, to yeah. also come from this background where in public space in the U.S. or in Spain, it's and Spain, crazy. It's, it's really social. Like, yeah, yeah, people it's, already do these things, kind of, yeah. and, and they have more access to public space. Yeah. It's also like a, a lot to do with the, the culture, the mm. weather. Like, I'm from Iraq, and we did almost everything in the street. Exactly. Like playing, studying, uh, not eating, because we need to go inside. But, like, here's the opposite. Like, you do almost everything indoor. Exactly, yeah. And outdoor, not so much, just maybe to... I mean, now we, I make it very general. But, of course, yeah, people yeah. do activities. But It's not it, as a it's, social life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, for many of my friends, uh, for them, it's better that they invite people indoor mm. yeah. instead of, like... Uh, yeah, you have a dinner there. party. You don't have, like, a, a block party. Yeah. The black parties don't exist here, <laughs> you know? Like, but, but then it's interesting because when the good weather comes, it feels like 
the mentality suddenly Change. changes. Like, yeah. I need to go outside. I need to meet people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. why we really wanted to use Lapa Summer Dream Day, too. It's like, this is, let's, this is our dream day, and it was perfect weather. Yeah. Like, it was... <laughs> It was perfect weather, honestly. We, we also played with that, you know? Like, we were seeing, oh, we could do it a Saturday or a Sunday, but the weather will be better on Sunday, so why not take advantage of that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we what, were, what did you do? Yeah, so um, it was Lapis Summer Dream Day. There was, was a schedule. Yeah. Uh, it was like a festival, like yeah. really a festival. We made, we used also this graphic elements to really <laughs> say, like, okay, from mm, 10 to 12, there will be a market. From 12 to 1, there's going to be some DJ. And, you know, we, we advertised this so people knew. And, uh, yeah, people knew that there, there was going to be something happening, yeah. what they could go to. And then, yeah, we just saw just so many people moving around the neighborhood, you know, going to the different activities because there were different spaces with different activities. But yeah. tell me, how did you organize with the activities? Did you need a permission from the police? You know, like all this, like behind the scenes. I see you didn't take any permission from the police. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> that was a point of discussion. Yeah, that was a very, um, yeah. We were always, I was always like, is this legal? Is this legal? And then, and then my supervisor was like, she was encouraging to just, just do it. Just Take do a camera. It, yeah. If the police comes, you film it. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it's, if it's, you see, students can get away with things as well, but especially in a student space, because things like that happen all the time where I don't know. When yeah. Happens. Like yeah. it's, it's fine. You know, like, yeah. But, but tell me, how do you coordinate with, like you say, you, there are a market DJ and so yeah. on. How? So, like, tell me the, the, the details, uh, time, people, space. Exactly. So when we did this uh, barbecue and workshop, we really made it a, um, like a question, or not a question, of well, who is going to take on this role and who is going to be the manager of this idea? So, for example, on, uh, yeah, for Lapa Summer Dream Day, there was, for the, the art wall, there was one, the basketball court became this huge wall where anyone could come and paint. That was kind of the craziest one. There was around 20, 30 people at the same time always painting on these not on the wall it was on paper so there was two managers of that uh vivek and sarah so they were the ones that were managing the space um they had music um and they would come to us we all had we would meet in the workshop of lapis where all of our stuff was and then it was like okay this event is happening now this needs this we also didn't have much money so some of the things had to share the same resources so we really had to plan out and i think i walked how much we we walked walked so so much. much We walked maybe like, like, I don't know. Like a lot, a lot. Like Like 30 kilometers? No. 30,000 steps or something like that. Yeah. 25. Well, we were going from one space to another and like really helping the managers. Like, what what do you need? Why are you missing something? And then we also created a Facebook channel for people to talk. At the end, I don't think it was used that much because people, they knew where they had to be. They knew that uh, where the materials were. Exactly. So I think the graphical design was very clear. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and so there was like the juice bar, there was the um, chess tournament in a parking spot. So each of the little groups, too, in Lapis kind of flocked to one like and, of their spaces. And they got help from, you know, people that were passing by and stuff. Wow. Yeah. It was really inspiring. It, yeah. it was like a, what do you call it, a dream it summer? Was, it was a Lapis summer dream. Lapis summer it, was li- it was such a, a vibe. Like, <laughs> I have no idea how, like, it was, and people too, I think the really cool thing was people were like, oh, let's go to the drawing wall. And that, like, basketball court that never really used that much just became a new space yeah. of, like, what if it was a more, like, uh, social and creative? Because when we did the vision, so many people said, there's nowhere to, like, meet people. There's nowhere to do creative things. And it was, like, these people just put together, like, um, this really inspiring, you know, 
um, yeah. this is what they needed, you know? Um, yeah, I really offered them, like, space and the chance to do what they wanted. Like, for the DJ, for example, we got this person that came that was a DJ, and he was like, oh, can I play my set? Yeah, of course okay, you yeah. can. Yeah. And then we kept the contact. And this was actually really good because in the following projects, we kept contact with yeah. with some of these people. And then mm. we, we also wanted to bring them into it and, you know, offer them space, other spaces yeah, outside yeah. of Lapis. Yeah. So that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing day. It was and amazing. What, what, what happened like after then when you finished the day? We were tired. <laughs> we were like, Whoa. and we had such a long conversation with one of our friends that had experiences, and we were just, you know, becoming very philosophical, like with the meaning of all. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the meaning yeah, of yeah. life? Yeah, what yeah. yeah I, 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 I've been in these moments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he really helped us kind of position where, like, our thoughts, like, how did it go, and like, what were the processes that were happening? People were meeting each other. Multiple people were like moving around, and how they were moving around Lapis as well, and. Yeah, I think then we started to do like um, a we did a a survey and we got people's thoughts about how the whole process went and just talked to them. And then we started to really look back at all of the theory and stuff that we started in January and February and kind of we were always doing that like during the process yeah, as like, well. Mm. But like, yeah, what, what did we just do? <laughs> yeah. And then the research questions totally kind of changed based on the data that we have yeah and what you did but tell me like the, this project that you selected during the barbecue mm. uh, you got all of them happened or um so there were 11 mm. that were voted at the end most voted yeah. and all except one happened <laughs> and the one that didn't happen <laughs> like 10 of them 10 yeah, yeah wow. 10 okay, of that's 11 good. That's yeah, good. yeah. The one that didn't happen was because it was really, really, really ambitious given the time. Like yeah. it was it? trying to make like this um, gazebo. Uh, so it was going to be like a, a, a huge set of cloths that were stitched together yeah. and they were covering the space and making super chill out. This is big, you know? It was yeah. really big. And there are pictures of people like sitting down, sewing it. And, I and, sewed that for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I it was in the grass. I was just uh, they, they started or they we, st we started it but then it became like this is not like uh logistically possible so we put out a sign like if you want this to happen here are the sewing needles and do it yourself <laughs> because yeah it was just like the sewing machine that we had to broke so like uh yeah you had to hand sew it and it was yeah, just yeah. like yeah. not possible yeah. tell me about the other 10 you don't need to mention all of them if you don't remember but what what like the other projects that you so the the drawing wall the art auction they were in the same space there was the sunny sunday dj set which we made um dj we used fidget spinners again we made it all out of cardboard and it <laughs> was a box yeah so people played sets but we just had a speaker behind but it looked like a dj you know yeah, yeah. it was really cool okay. um, there was also a market uh, yeah, on the, the main Lapis. square mm -hmm. uh, that people could sell their stuff there and actually some people actually sold a lot of stuff okay that's good yeah there, there was the uh the chess the chess tournament, tournament in the parking spot which were, we were kind of scared that it wouldn't happen because sometimes there are cars that park there from sssb uh. so actually in the morning we sealed it off <laughs> we we put like two cones and and signs do not use <laughs> <laughs> and no one used it so that was good okay and, um, <laughs> so then and then there was pac-man uh and then so pac-man pac-man was really cool a friend um pete he designed um it looks like an arcade machine out of wood and we got a pac-man game oh that's so there's a so projector cool. inside yeah the, the one thing with that is there it's so bright in the summer that it was quite hard <laughs> to see. 
But mm-hmm. around seven, so that one was around seven or eight, and then after that, that sh- changed into a movie theater. Nice. So then it became a movie theater with the projector, and it was like ten ish. Mm. So it was dark enough, or yeah. But it was still yeah. So all of these are like activities that activate the space. You didn't change, like the the urban pace. No, like a physical change. More no, more about temporary. like uh, programs. Yeah, programmed pro- areas programmed with activities. Areas, and we like gave people the tools that. Yeah, we put we bought all of the stuff for like for the drawing wall, for example, the paper that they would use. Yeah. Um, and then we had all the paint and all of the mm. like tools and stuff. People brought their own as well, and they were just like using it. So, um, but it was also a way to kind of see what could be, you mm. know, like this could be turned into more permanent stuff if wanted to. Yeah. But we were all, we also reflected how like in a way it's also nice to have this pop up because it it actually allows one space to be multiple Many. places yeah. you know so so we we did look into maybe making more permanent things but at the end we were like oh it's better to maybe just do these yeah pop-up spaces and especially too there's like in you don't need a permit if something is temporary and temporary i mean i mean sometimes you need you, no, no, but so, in no, your case yeah sometimes you need <laughs> but it's very um yeah elusive of yeah, what it actually yeah. means true so the benefit of the doubt is on our side i hope <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, so back to the uh, to the thesis mm. so you have now you're done with all the different steps right yeah. like uh, mapping mm. vision uh, ideas generating ideas selecting ideas and making them happen and then what happened after we had to write this down oh, like sh- we had oh, to shit. gather it all <laughs> like we this had, was in May or um, this, this was in June. June. We went we Shit. took we took vacation, you know, we went to Gotland and yeah. we celebrated a week <laughs> like okay, we need to When is the final percentage? Is it uh, June? We went we mm-hmm. went later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our September? We went in September. Okay, cool. So cuz we were just like we wanted to do this process and we could not fit it in by May. Yeah, makes um, sense. We really wanted time to reflect as well. Um, yeah. on our process. So we, we both presented in September and you did oh, October. I did October because yeah. it, got, it kept getting pushed back. Okay. But for me, it was fine. Okay, so what happened in June? Um, June, well, <laughs> we put everything back uh, into these storage spaces and we actually got pulled off of it because we had so much material, you know? Yeah, I can and, imagine. And, like, yeah, and we had to kind of take the time and then organize it. Um, and then, yeah, we took this vacation to gather our thoughts and then we decided to... And then we had to start writing it. And yeah. uh, we would write in the same space in Stockholm University. So we could also kind of talk between us. Uh. And, you know, there was, there was I think, um, at least my supervisor was pushing also to, like, really co-create also, in a sense, the thesis and this process yeah. and to, you know, have the same kind of or thoughts, thoughts. Or and being able to talk to one another while we're, like, conceptualizing it. So we both had different theories and things like this. I come from more, like, urban theory. Yeah. I was using things like the right to the city, like the Feb, yeah, right to the city. Um, using, but also also going into like the co-design of uh, of space and going into more theories about co-design and collaborative design and things of this manner. So it became, um, I think, a lot too, like changing the research questions because I was a bit stuck on like, oh my gosh, my research questions aren't really what we did. But then it's kind of going back and reconceptualizing them and saying, yeah. yeah but actually, this is really <clears throat> common. Like, you do research, you start with one question, and or even in our case, we didn't, but well, we kind of did. And then you go back and then you, you yeah, phrase it. It, yeah, it exactly. always happens, Exactly, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 
uh, I wrote more, yeah, about co-creation, co-design, play, mm. playfulness, mm. and engagement. Yeah. Um, and how it worked or how it worked. Cool. Do you remember some of your like um, conclusions? Or yeah, no? I remember like one of them was like. Um, especially about participatory processes, because I was interweaving my interviews as well. And they were saying a lot that participation needs to happen at the scale of implementation. Or that's one thing. So it's really hard if you are doing a project in, say, Stockholmstad, and you're taking this uh, small group of people that say, this is going to be the vision for all of Stockholmstad. Um, because it's such a big, big scale, it's really hard to get people to really see why they should be participating. And I think what we saw too in ours, when we worked at this very local and small scale and very from a bottom-up manner, people could see this causes this. So this is why I should. In a short time. In a short time. And yeah, the short time was a really uh, important thing as well. And But that's very specific to Lapis. But people need to see the cause and effect, at least, you know, in a, mm. in, a, in a shorter period of time. So these smaller kind of design sprints and things like this, maybe especially for urban planners and for, um, yeah, it's maybe more useful to get people more involved. If you want to get more people involved, you, people need to see why they should be involved. Okay, and, and see some result of exactly. things they, they say. or Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. For me, it was like, okay, people want to see this, but like also how can you people and and the finding was that actually yeah play, playfulness is mm. a really good way to get people engaged and get engaged in co-creation which is really hard like it's it's hard to tell someone like hey come come up with an idea and but then if you use play and mm. use it as a way for people to really um you know i don't know be, be more creative yeah not, they, and everyone can be creative actually but with the with the more playful ways of doing it it can come out yeah and um it was also uh, for me a, a really uh, a conclusion was like yeah designers the role of the designer is changing changing and I think the urban planner too or we're, or we're, yeah. designers are becoming more facilitators we don't have the the truth you know like we sometimes don't even use the space or this this object but other people do so we need to include other people in this and yeah, do it yeah. in a fun way in possible. a fun way yeah because the fun was really an important part. Yeah. It all. So yeah. It made fluke. Like I think fluke built up an aesthetic and also a way of thinking and a way of communicating. Yeah. And um, people often said too, like this makes me feel like a kid again, and that's like I think a really interesting point that like when you are a kid, you're able to be very creative and you're very able to play, but then when you become an adult, it becomes yeah all of these more uh, strict. Yeah, you have many filters, guidelines. Exactly. And I think, too, when people saw us being a bit weird and playful and kind of childlike in space, that gave them also confidence that they weren't the only weird ones because yeah. I think a lot of people have this desire and they want to. And, and people really, like, were, were ha like joyful, you know? Yeah. It also, the, the fact that we were, uh, we were creating this, like, common project for people. Like, it was really nice to see that there are so many talented people, so many people mm. with interest in in doing stuff and bringing up their skills and using them. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Was, no, I'm, I'm very inspired. I didn't know that, that you did it, like you studied two different programs and you did this together. Very inspiring because I also did my thesis with a, my, uh, with a friend mm. and we didn't study the same. So I want to hear from you, like what, what's the interesting 
because we have many students listening to us. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they also thinking that okay, maybe they have a friend in another university. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they can combine it. So like, what did you gain by this collaboration? Like from the personal level, you take your moment <laughs> to think like, what was the fun? What did you learn? And uh, yeah. But it's just I think that at the end it was we. We were working, I was working with Tatiana, and of course, the, the background, what you were studying was really, uh, it, it was, it was you know, you were studying urban planning, but I think what was so nice was actually to work with her as a person and, and take more, like, your background, you know, like. <laughs> you mean urban planning is not good? In the thesis, <laughs> too, like, um, a lot of papers were talking about co-design is this new kind of field in design and architecture and urban planning are the last of the design principles because the the processes are so scaled up in her processes. And I think that was the really interesting part for mm, me yeah. is to kind of explore a new way of urban planning and maybe a very temporary and programmatic kind of way, especially event-based. Because if you do events, events get people together and they get people talking about a common goal instead of having a workshop where it's, maybe if it's just has to be reframed you know mm. so i think this uh interdisciplinary it's it's very kind of risky as well i mean there were so many times where i was just like very anxious a bit like oh is this going to work i have no clue and then in the end if you'd really trust yourself and trust your intuition in some way or manner it will work out but i think mm -hmm. it's really the first step to take the jump of interdisciplinary work you really you can't it's it's crazy. It's it's mm. very hard to plan and it's very um you it's uncertain. So you have to be okay with the uncertainty and roll with it and uh hope that any flukes come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is now? Like uh, you're still doing things together? Yeah. Like we didn't we never stopped actually. Yeah. I really? think yeah 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 since the thesis uh we got in contact after we presented with art movements or actually I think that they got in contact with us. They they mm -hmm. had us in the back of their mind. And yeah. also, after the thesis, we really had something to show. Exactly. At the beginning, we didn't know what we could do. And then at the end, we were like, wow, this is all we did. And they saw that. You know, we we actually have a, our Instagram that we used a lot, of mm. Stockholm, and we were documenting our process. That was kind of where we were keeping mm. it all. So I think they followed us. <laughs> and then they got <laughs> they in contact, and they they actually have access more easily to spaces within Stockholm like we had super easy access to Lapis yeah they had more access to these other spaces yeah exactly and then they were they wanted to bring us to form a collaboration you know an interdisciplinary yeah. collaboration and actually with Gladstad as well yeah. so the the idea was um, in Jansvägsparken in this place in Tisa yeah. this kind of non-place they wanted to do kind of uh, Gladstad art movements and now Fluke we're going to kind of make this kind of final event so we created this like fall fair um, and it was Framed as this is going to be an urban experiment. We invited Rosa. Um, yeah. Like uh, she did an art exhibit. We invited like all of our friends that like to do different things. And okay. we just kind of in the same fashion just flooded this mm. very weird space that no one actually <laughs> visits with a bunch of different fun activities and yeah. said, well, what if? You know, what if this was here? Yeah. What if there was. Yeah, you show like an example of how this place exactly. can be activated. Exactly. So it's, yeah, a lot about place activation. So. That went on. We were also always doing stuff in Lapis. We had Hollow Week. We had this uh, gingerbread house competition. Yeah. Um, and then... Very event. Yeah. Event sort of things. And then, again, our movements, uh, we got in contact with them, and they were interested in doing this uh, kind of 
event in Lilia Holmes under Lilia Holman. Yeah, which the is a, yeah industrial kind of bridge. Not many people walk by it, and it's on a floating pontonen. So this floating platform that uh, is changing the city Stockholm Stad is trying to change the function all the time of this space. Okay. And is is use they are using it because it is yeah. really a really cool space, yeah. like yeah. this floating thing. Yeah. So they wanted to do this like co-created um, kind of uh, festival, light festival, um, and and co-create this piece of art with LEDs that were like stripped onto like this uh, semi-transparent material. And in the end, it was so many people participated and put on their LEDs. Yeah, it and was a maze. It was a maze, yeah. Cool. So yeah. we co-created this maze and it was in December. It was negative 11 and negative 12 oh. degrees <laughs> the first day. We also worked with like Farfabriken, the Contemporary Art Museum, and would have a few workshops there. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, yeah, we wanted to do this winter placemaking project that was co-creative, artistic, and so we co-created a galaxy with people. And then on the second weekend, we had, in the same manner as uh, Lapa Summer Dream Day, this kind of flood of activities. Yeah, that's yeah, just, yeah. And I think the flood and, like, it, it's very, a big, like a boom, you know? It, it creates <laughs> it is, a more yeah. lasting uh, impression in people's mind than just one small thing. You yeah, know? yeah. It so this is like your strategy, right? Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it is a strategy. <laughs> so, like, you still work with it, right? Or... Yeah. You, yeah. Like you do stuff now. Yeah. What, yeah. what is the next, like, what is going to happen? Yeah. Well, now we're working with Haninge, Kamun, uh, and specifically Handen, this, like, um, pendant outside the Pendant Talk station. Yeah. There's a um, Centrum for AMP. They're a nonprofit that is working to, um, and with different areas. Yeah, they're working with real estate organizations. They're working with the Kamun. They're working with uh, different businesses in the area as well. And they're trying to... Essentially, they've had this new urban development where um, it used to be this tunnel, but they've opened it up. Yeah. So it's a totally kind of brand new space, but it's very concrete and gray, and it's under construction still. Yeah, it's full. It's flooded with construction. So yeah. what they are trying to do is bring more activities into the space. And one of these activities is us. And we are not only just bringing like uh, games and fun into the space, we're also creating like trust with the people that are passing by. And, you know, giving, putting our faces saying, hey, Hanningentre, which is a kind of like centrum for A&P, let's say, yeah. is, is in the space. We're working to do stuff. We're going to bring uh, more activities, more fun. Yeah. And we are working there. We're developing tools um, to <laughs> that's really. What, that's what the rake is for. Exactly. So, we're, um, the, so the rake, we have to go there later. And we're making pretty much this wayfinding, this yeah. rake that we brought to AFRI. Um, we're making this wayfinding thing that people can really. Um, we're going to have Velcro and yeah. people are going to be able to uh, place where they're going yes, on, yes, with yes. a little marker. Yeah. So we're just kind of making these playful. So last week, last week we did a game on the floor where you threw a huge piece of dice, a huge dice. <laughs> you got a direction and then you had to describe what's there and then always reframe it. Well, what's here, here. too. Wow, this is cool. So, but wait, wait a minute. Like um, your thesis, did you made it like a, a placemaking tool or something? Like, did you publish the methodology in a more of like a? Yeah, I mean, it is published on yeah. KTH like as a thesis, portal, but yeah. as a like how to say a handbook or guide. Yeah. We were talking with Placemaking Europe uh, because yeah, we had a meeting with them and they were saying we showed them this process and they were like, wow, it would be great to have it as a process, as e this, exactly, or yeah. as a tool. So that's. Like that's part of our future projects too to actually work like this put it on uh, and make yeah. it available to make people it, make it like this yeah available kind of like that they can use all of our different tools put yeah. it on placemaking Europe and other sites why you don't do that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there's so many events and we just keep getting like 
Yeah, I mean, this this project with Hanning and Thread, it, it came in. And then there will be more, but yeah, we'll definitely take yeah. time yeah, to do it. It's, this is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to and, document. And we and really love making tools and coming up with different cool ways of doing things yeah, and yeah, fun. So yeah. I think we will continue doing more tools. Yeah. So cool. But do you, do you have like a company now or no, you do it like by your own? So right now we're, we the, how we worked previously, we were just kind of like um, working by our own. But now um, we're making the company. That's another thing too, because we're trying to make this economic trending. Of course. Exactly. Um, so I'm in Swedish courses now. And the thing is to make an economic crowning, you have to do all of the, the bylaws and things in Swedish, yeah. which is, uh, I'm, yeah. So we're right now working on the by like as we speak, working on the bylaws. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, for now, we're just kind of working as personal, like yeah. under our person numbers. But- in a way, it's kind of like, it feels like we do have already this established organization. Yeah. You know, we have this name. We have kind of like followers. how we communicate our followers. Yeah. And so it does yeah. feel like it is it is established. But we're yeah. not we're not official. Formal. You just like formal. need to put it on paper. Exactly. Yeah. It's just the putting it on paper in Swedish, which is just the hardest <laughs> part. If it was in English, it would be done. What is, what is like the challenges that you're facing when you're doing such stuff? Like I see the language, of course. Mm. What are the other challenges? language um people an, another challenge too, i guess in co-creative work is that you really have to frame it but you don't want to give person one idea that it's going to look like this because people will get very centered on that so it has to be very open and flexible process and people need to be able to see oh i can like this like you need to inspire but not force exactly and yeah. there's so many ways that you could design something yeah. and yeah, we even have the problem too. We'll think of one design and it's like, oh, we have to do it with wood and we have to hammer it in. And then, lo and behold, a friend comes and says, no, you actually you should just use Velcro. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, so oh true. yeah, we could do that. Yeah, that's Because you get so tunnel visioned and like, you put these horse blinders on and you're just like walking. Yeah. Yeah. We have I, to do it like this. I, but I think that's really that why we also are you know, opening and, and, and having more people that are interested in this helping and like, you know, exploring what they want to explore. But uh, actually, I want to say another challenge is probably like with the whole part of engaging people, like you can't take for granted that people are going to just interact with you, especially if you are not from that space. You you don't really know the people. So you need to also a challenge is, to, you know, build that trust. Mm. It, it, it isn't it's not that it's impossible. It's really possible. But it takes this time and, and you need to really understand. But does it take because like. Now, when we work in a project, we don't have so much time mm. to build a trust. Like what you did in your thesis, you had like so yeah. many months, you had a Facebook group, but now we don't have. Yeah. So like, is it possible to build a trust in a very few days or maybe hours? I, th- I, I th- would say yes, through playfulness and like, or not like through it, it really helps. Yeah. Because we've been in two occasions in Handen and actually now we're going to stop going we were kind of building trust and it was two two weeks um but and i think that already in those two weeks people were passing by and then they would uh, come the week after and we would say like hey hi you know you you're just being visible mm. and be invisible in a familiar fun kind of caring way i think that can really i think you can do it it's just yeah. about how you communicate if you're with a suit you know I don't think people will really open up so easily as if you're going with like crazy earrings maybe or like, I don't know, some colorful clothes. Yeah. yeah. And with a big dice in your hand. Yes. 
I think that helps a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, trust is also trust is so important, but trust can also be really easily lost mm. as well. So it's um it's quite hard to make trust, but I think the most important part is not losing. And if there are trustful people, organizations that people trust, so you, you need to yeah, collaborate yeah, with course, them. Because if you just come in as this random, oh, we're going to fix it all. Um, yeah. No, you have to collaborate with the people that are already there. And you need to collaborate, yeah, with the organizations that already have people's trust if you don't have much time. Yeah, yeah. Um, then that's the easy or, um, yeah, more time efficient, I guess, way. Because yeah. they know the space. They're from there. They're, you know, it's easier. Yeah. So if, if you summarize like what looks Stockholm, uh, like the output, yeah. Like let's say I I call you, yeah. I'm a municipality, I call you. What will I get from all the playful activities you do? What will I get from you? Mm-hmm. Um, well, can um, help co-create spaces if it's your idea. We can um, build this trust with people and establish communication, dialogues with them, gather opinions, desires, wishes, fears from people through our tools. Yeah. And of course, I mean, we're, we're also about bringing more fun and events and yeah. en- engaging, creating engaging spaces. So we could also do that, you know? And um, yeah, I, I think we, we will work at the smaller scale. Uh, I think it would be interesting too to work like with an organization, yeah, like AFRI that's working at a really big scale. But we do the small scale event yeah. things and yeah. uh, co-creative and artistic as well. Um, so, yeah, the communicality nice. called. I think that's what we're saying. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, before we we continue to the last section, I want to ask you all: like you work with the product design and graphic design, what do you think about urban planners? Like the way <laughs> <laughs> the wow. way we the way like we think. Uh, You know, like yeah, yeah. Uh, you you feel like be very honest, you know. Okay, I mean, when we were doing the <laughs> thesis, <laughs> when we were doing the thesis, I was so amazed with because we are so slow. <laughs> <laughs> you guys read so much. I feel like it's yeah. it's very theoretical. I was seeing this, like I was seeing Tatiana reading all the time, so many things. Whereas for us, it's more like you know, kind of seeing inspiration, visual stuff, you know, and doing it. So I think that that was really. Um, kind of impressive to me uh and that but it really also inspired me to become more in to, this to read more <laughs> read more you know be more informed like yeah we're the the theories behind this yeah. but then i think also uh well the scales that it is done is sometimes really difficult for me to understand you know <laughs> i like i see this and i think like okay for you it totally makes sense but i think like for me i just don't understand what this is you know yeah. um so sometimes i see these these like yeah instagram accounts that are like urban planners with these huge projects and I think like really I think that this could maybe be made more uh, understandable to like yeah. me that I don't know what urban you know planning is like this uh, but another thing is I think that also stuck with me was this like the whole permit stuff mm. I I get there's like so many difficulties sometimes mm. to get access to spaces yeah I did not know this and uh, okay. I guess that it, it is kind of difficult to to do projects sometimes because It, that part takes a lot of time. Like mm. talking to people takes time, but that there's this other part. Like getting permissions and to getting yeah. permission from the municipality or whatever organization that you're working with. Um, I think, especially in Sweden, is a bit uh, too. Much. I, I feel a bit a bit too much. I know, like they mm, do no, it for to regulate much. to make sure that everything will work. And 
uh, afterwards and nobody will get hurt or you know like yeah, nothing it's very, will happen it's ha- very safe yeah it's, it's super safe. safe that's why like it's it's not as experimental yeah yeah because it makes it to people like maybe you have an idea then you see the application and the time you'll be like okay i don't want to do that exactly then yeah. you have to make an organization number and then you have to find the funds and then you have yeah, to it's like a grants. lot of uh, you need to pay and you it's know very, it's, it's very formalized here exactly it's the most i probably I think it's one of the most formal planning processes, especially for citizen participation. And I think coming from the U.S. and in Spain, it's very more informally done, and it's yeah. kind of handled. And there, there are benefits to both, you know. Of course, um, like like in my country, we we did stuff without even asking, you know. Exactly. But at the same time, like the city was very messy. Exactly. So here, like I said, the city is too perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's it's too clean. Like, and it's, I think it's, like, it's <laughs> too clean, and it's it's, it's too it's so clean, and it's like. It's really hard to see people's imprints on their on their yeah. lived environment, yeah. and it's not really e- easy easy to see how can I make a difference here because the state kind of handles it for me. True. So it's 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 this interesting like aspect of Sweden, I think, of this top down kind of planning, but trying to do this bottom up approach, which yeah. doesn't I think always more mesh. of our processes could yeah. really benefit urban planning. I, th- yeah. I think the culture and the system here is that um, people they don't do stuff outdoor like to change or create because they it, the city should take care of this exactly so yeah. because they pay taxes and the yeah. city should do the job and, and, and good, why should and i it's a good job too like if you course, look at yeah. other yeah. countries yeah. it isn't so good so maybe people <laughs> protest more but here it's clean it's nice but yeah. maybe it's missing this soul kind of aspect yeah. that people could really bring in exactly yeah. and i think yeah but maybe maybe people are happy without doing such stuff did you reflect about this yeah, yeah. i mean i mean i mean <laughs> Uh, now we come here and we say like uh, placemaking, co-create. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the benefits we know that it's good for economy, uh, yeah. social life. But maybe people like are just happy and just like leave them leave them alone. It's <laughs> it's interesting too because like in Lapis, we have like all of the the tenant association. It's it's hard to remember that that was kind of fought for in the beginning, maybe in the sixties and seventies. And we have a workshop, we have a gym, we have saunas, we have. And that just doesn't come for free, you know. It's an ongoing, constant yeah. negotiation between power sources. So I think it's 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 hard to remember, like especially when it's all kind of really good now. But once it starts getting taken away, and that's what we're seeing in Lapis too with the paddle court. It, it costs. It's an exclusive place that it costs money to enter, two hundred crowns. But it still was a free space, yeah. and it only has serves one function now. And the same as well um, with a lot of public and common spaces um in sssb as well like all the common kitchens or not all of them they're starting to change them to single room apartments okay and but it's just interesting to uh, i guess reflect on how common and how public Mm. should we be as a society and what benefits are from this very individualized way of living because right now it's like i think jan gell says like the way what does he say like uh like we produce the city and then the city produces us. Yeah. So it's it's this it's this dialectical like process mm. and it's always we produce something and then that's going to impact yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. So the same process maybe we can see with well Swedish people are okay with being kind of left alone but it's it's kind of the system has been created so that they will be left alone and it's reinforces that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of you need maybe these kind of Things like fluke that maybe question like, is this how we actually want to yeah, do is this? It, is you know? it good for us? Like, to, you need to challenge the way it, of how we live. Exactly, uh, and, and yeah. offer the opportunity to <clears throat> to do something because I really feel like for the moment I'm getting now more engaged with the community in Lapis, and you get so much from it. Like, yeah. 
it's so rewarding. So I think that if uh, it's also about offering this opportunity for people to get engaged, maybe they don't know that that this is this yeah. this is actually something yeah. that would be amazing. You know, yeah. that it's actually nice. Maybe they're happy in their comfort zone, but it, this is also kind of takes you out of your comfort zone. And yeah. if we can offer that and maybe kind of trigger people yeah. with these exactly. questions. And, and I, I think this is the interesting thing that we bring here to this country is that um, you show an alternative and then you let people decide if they like it so they will join and, and, and make a change. If they don't like it and they feel like it's too much for me, okay, then that's fine. We have to keep the respect. But I think it's always good to show the alternative and the see option. them. The it benefits, yeah. It doesn't have to be like designed this way. It can be designed another yeah, way. And yeah. it's, it's really exploring, I think, Luke, is exploring kind of what are the possibility and what are the possible routes yeah. and possible designs that we could come up with. And then it's kind of like testing them out on a very low scale. And then once you, because that's the thing that urban planners, we never test out. We, we, don't, ne- have, we don't have time. We don't I mean, have time. I mean, we, you test and then you wait like for three years, then, you exactly. know, it's, it's too long. So it's, it's cool too, especially for these, I guess, smaller things that happen within like public space yeah let's test it out as a community you get to hang out with people and have because a lot of people i think especially not only in sweden but just like in like the current world are very lonely it's very hard to find and make friends and especially a lot of us coming from other countries i think the hardest part about sweden is the social lack of sociality so it's and also like um (laughs) about this uh that maybe urban planning might also be shifting Mm. and urban planning and urban design not so because there's a lot of infrastructure created but what do we do with the spaces that you know already exist maybe there has to be more uh, importance put to the social sustainability within these spaces that are already existing and how can and not yet not designing Totally new spaces, but using what we already have, like and re re redesign or rethink the re- existing re- spaces. Exactly, yeah. and how they're functioning and where people meet in, and yeah. how a good example, I guess, is Hornstone Market as well. Before now, I think that's one of the biggest meeting points. I see so many people when I'm working there. I'm I'm there every weekend. Like, oh hey, I haven't seen you in yeah, and that is, I think, a very fluke thing as well. It's this very serendipitous exchange, and it. That's, I think, a very vibrant part and gives the city this soul, yeah, you know, this, yeah. this authentic, you never know what's around the corner. Because mm, mm. in Sweden, it's very planned, it's very formal, you know what's happening around the corner. Yeah, I know I'm yeah. not going to see exactly. you know. Yeah. But I think we also want to, like, yeah, bring people together, like different, you know, events, activities, uh, places but also find maybe something in common. Like, mm. we've done some events that were about more, like, arts and, you know, culture and exhibitions and stuff and maybe like in hornstool a lot of people are together mm. so can we do something that kind of unites them yeah exactly so we're also exploring that yeah. so we did an easter egg hunt again in hornstool mm-hmm. um it wasn't like as much like a mapping exercise but mm. it's just more fun you yeah know? and so many people were especially kids like where are the eggs we need to, and um <laughs> getting excited yeah. and like yeah, yeah offering something more but some people would also be like well how much does it cost and it's like no it's free yeah because they are yeah. not used to this exactly. and this is i think this is the beauty of um that we are so diverse mm. so you every one of us brings something to the table and then we i i learn something from you i learn something from you yeah and then we we put together some kind of reality exactly. so it's it's i i i like what you do and I hope you keep doing what you do. It's because we need it, like show the option. Yeah, spaces can be used like this. There's many or, possible yeah. possible futures that exist within urban space. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And we can always um, just shift things, just even with really cheap materials. We mostly use yeah. like cardboard and very like tape, a lot of cheap materials. What was the pizza? The pizza, pizza box. Yeah, we need to eat pizza. So. We need to eat pizzas. <laughs> yeah. We need to support the economy, <laughs> the local economy yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, <laughs> it was interesting reflection. Thanks for sharing. And yeah. uh, now we are in the last section. Mm. And it's more going to be about like what do you think? Yeah. Like it's more related to cities, uh, mm. yourself and so on, uh, and urban planners. So uh, we start with Unicom. What skills should urban planner learn? Yeah. I mean, this has talked about this also a lot. And uh, maybe bringing down the scale down closer to maybe what product designers, service designers do, which is a lot closer to the people and like bringing in um, these uh, kind of skills processes that are more like uh, um, short term and use a lot more visual elements and, and many different tools. And um, so, so bring, bring that up yeah. into, yeah. into yeah. this scale that you guys work in. And cool. maybe like flexibility. Oh yeah. Flexibility. Definitely. Like in our thesis, we were really, um, and I think that in all the events that we've done, We've really been open to like, okay, well, this is not working. Let's change this. Let's do it in a different way because there's actually so many ways of doing things mm-hmm. yeah. that, you know, we have this problem. Maybe we will focus in on one, but when you also collaborate, you talk yeah. with other people, you find that actually there's many other ways. Yeah. Of exactly. What should we, what are skill, the skills that we are missing? Kind of? I think when you collaborate, you have to take a bit of your power or you have to level the playing field of power. And I think um, that collaborating just really allows so many different voices. And sometimes it can get a bit cluttered with ideas and like controversy. But I think what we really need to do as urban planners is, and I wrote a bit bit about this in my thesis is like um, create this agnostic space. That's Chantal Mouffe. She's a political philosopher, but we need to have a space where we can really come together in public and talk about, well, which kind of project and which kind of future do we want to create? So we need to be okay that conflict isn't always necessarily bad. We need to talk to each other because in the thesis as well, there were so many conflicts as well. Yeah. And when people do come to the table and have this um, agnostic kind of like discussion, they're more likely to respect the other decision. Oh, at least you heard what I had to say. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, oh, they don't listen to me at all. I'm going to just like hold this grudge forever. And I think that that's something that urban planners can really do a good job of opening up this this debate because it's always a very political question that we yeah, have. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's not easy, you know. Like yeah. it's a complex and because so many different uh, players involved exactly. in this game and so on. But hopefully, we we're we're learning this. Yes, I yeah. think we are. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> so, and uh, the next question. The next question is, if you will be another creator, like something else and not uh, as you in mm-hmm. this body, as a human, what will you choose to be? <laughs> uh, in my case, I would be cardboard because <laughs> it's a really flexible material. People can be like really, it allows to do so many things yeah. and prototype. And People throw it out a lot too. They throw it out. It's everywhere. It's Everyone everywhere. has cardboard. Does it reflect you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I like to try out different things, mm. um, be experimental and, 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 and playful. And I, and, and I grew up using 
cardboard boxes all the time mm. yeah and making notebooks or making houses and just being yeah. i think that that's why i, I like using this material nice. too. Yeah. cool and it's yeah it's so great it's amazing material <laughs> it's amazing Amazing, Nicole. <laughs> the cardboard, cardboard girl. We should make a cardboard, Call me cardboard. sculpture. We Call should. me cardboard. <laughs> and you, Tatiana. Um, so, Nicole and I always joke that the thing that also really brought Fluke together was buying a glue gun. And I love my glue guns so much. And I think that, yeah, a glue gun really describes me. Um, glue, really, I mean, hot wait, wait, glue. Wait, glue or a glue gun? Glue gun. Both. With only the gun. The gun with the glue. Okay, inside. with the glue. With the glue. <laughs> the binding agent is a very important aspect yeah. of this. Uh, this uh, and how object. does it reflect you? Like, um, I think I really like to like bind different groups together mm -hmm. and see how these two groups can really like benefit from working with each other. And um, I think, especially with cardboard as well, working to bind different pieces of cardboard and things of this manner so that people can see these new connections within the city, within their neighborhood. And um, yeah, so yeah, in my thesis too, I talked to this co-designer. His name is, um, he works in Denmark, uh, Montkas. Um, I can't remember his first name. But uh, he writes a really cool paper about how co-design of the city is really about um, connecting ties and unloosening old ties in the city. And it's always just bringing new collaborators together and creating these ties that yeah. um, you want to kind of see happen. Mm, mm. So that's kind of the role of the planner as well, of this n finding the collaborators. And there's so many Put actors. Put them together. Yeah. You two work together. You yeah. four work together. So glue, glue them together. You glue them together. Yeah. And then nice. it's not so malleable where it's stuck. You can break off glue yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, it's not it's, a permanent. I hope you're not a permanent uh, glue. No, I'm not permanent glue. <laughs> And uh, what are your, your hobbies? Because um, sometimes, like, if you're super passionate about, like, your job, mm. then it becomes your hobby. How is it in your case? Like, uh, do you have other hobbies than, like, creating stuff and events and being out with people? <laughs> um, I like uh, being outdoors, exercising, um, climbing. I really like. I really, it's really nice to combine physical exercise with mental exercise you really need to think when you're climbing oh am i going to step here or there what's going to happen so i really like that um but i really think that it, it luke is it was born because of who we are you know okay. and like yeah we're social people mm. like it's like if you ask us like you know what we like doing we don't like being in indoors all the time like or we're on a walk tatiana walks a lot uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and when yeah. we meet people we we cook we 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 play board games we you know yeah do these things so uh, that that's why also fluke is 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 in a way also sometimes a hobby because yeah. it allows also even to uh, you know do graphic design explore like you know create stuff yeah and yeah. i i love the internet too like i internet <laughs> the internet that's my hobby <laughs> <laughs> no but like i always joke so like uh i was born in 97 and that's like right around this I think I'm one of the first Gen Z. So I've just grown up with the internet as such an integral part of my life. Always like on instant, like on Messenger and things like chat rooms when I was like, you know, a young child. So I think that's really an integral part. And I think the internet's amazing. It can also have like a lot of negative benefits too, but it, it allows you to connect wow. with so many different things. Yeah. And I love social media too. Like, I'm not going to lie. So 
the Instagram and the Facebook or Facebook not as much. Yeah, TikTok. We we should <laughs> we, we should we make reels but not TikTok. You can just put them there as I, well. I had I had TikTok, but then I got so obsessed with it Why? Um, that I had to delete it. <laughs> <laughs> and I also actually needed to download this Voy app. Yeah, and I didn't yeah, have enough yeah. space on my phone. Uh-huh, I was so like, you need to sacrifice. It, I had to sacrifice, <laughs> and it was like two gigs of data. And I was like, okay, <laughs> if this is two gigs of data, I can do without that. I need, I need to get on the scooter and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So now we we have the final two questions, and I hope it's fine for you if I make a video of you, and so I put it on Instagram. Is yeah. it fine? Yeah. Cool. And let me open the camera. Okay. So, Ta-da. yes, uh, the first question is going to be. About each one of you giving me, the listeners, three takeaway messages. So, Nicole, please start. Well, um, small interventions, they do have an impact. Uh, it may not seem like it, but just, yeah, they can inspire so much of what mm. it could be. Um, then also, playfulness is really a great way for people to, you know, unleash, become more free, more more fun more creative um and then that there's always like a link mm. between uh you and another person that's walking right next to you maybe you live in the same neighborhood you didn't know each other but you you could know each other so you always there's always people around you you're, you're not alone and yeah and i guess my takeaways would be first we all have this right to the city we have this right to not only like consume the city and kind of give what is handed to us, but we also have this right to co-produce collectively. I think second, um, that power kind of needs to be renegotiated at all times. And it's always this constant like state of becoming. And you always kind of have to fight and not kind of take for granted what was kind of won previously in the past. And third, that, um, yeah, a lot of things can happen on fluke encounter. So it's serendipitous. <laughs> kind of exchanges are kind of what creates this kind of magical feeling I think in the city and I think that's what we're really trying to encompass as well uh, yeah yeah super interesting and the last question or questions is going to be asked by you so each one of you ask me and the listener one question so what is your your question to us how can you bring more playfulness into your life and into your field your your practice And Tatiana, what is your question to us? We had the same question, actually. I don't, yeah. I don't oh, really? have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I can come up with one. Like, yeah, um, like, um, how are you reflecting on a daily basis on your practice? Cool. Like a deep... Uh, yeah. <laughs> deep. Nice. No, I'm, I'm very happy that uh, we recorded this episode. Mm. And I am looking forward to like follow up. I think we have, you have so many interesting projects. Uh, going on and hopefully this is just the beginning yeah yeah hope as well yeah yeah hope us <laughs> only swedish <laughs> cool uh tatiana nicole thank you so much for coming to a free to the podcast uh, studio to record the episode and hopefully talk to you more in the coming episode yeah thank you thank you so much see ya bye
Well, thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. You learned something new and also got inspired by the guest. Don't forget to share the episode on your social media and recommend it to people you think they are really interested in this topic. Thank you so much again for giving your valuable time to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif. Keep up the good work. Keep loving cities.